Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Game Plan, a playbook for winning law firms. I'm Scott Clayson. I'll be your co-host today, and let me introduce Joyce Bradford, our other podcast member. Welcome, Joyce. Hi there. Hey, Scott. How are you doing today? I am doing well. I am joining everyone from Minneapolis, sunny Minneapolis today. Um, Joyce, you are where? Down in North Carolina, right? I am. I'm down in, thankfully, I'm back in, in Raleigh today, right outside of Raleigh. I am telling you, June, uh, in, in June, it was the most travel I have ever done, Scott. I am so glad to be home for some period of time. Um, I don't know when I'm going to have to head back out again, but it was somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, five trips in six weeks, oh, and I am exhausted. Reintroduce yourself to your family. Like, hi, I'm, I'll be your wife here, and this is, you know, hello, I'll, I'll be your mother. <laughs> hello, children. Hello. Yeah. 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 This is uh, this is what I do. Do you remember? I can put you to bed. It was yeah. It's nice to be home. It's really nice to be home, and it's nice to to see the kids. Yeah. Well, for those who haven't joined us previously, Joyce and I are both part of the team at Profit Solve, a software solution provider with with products that help tens of thousands of lawyers every day. I help on the marketing end of Profit Solve, while Joyce is a licensed attorney who has consulted with hundreds of firms over the years to, to help them run their practice better. And that's kind of the whole point and mission of uh, the game plan here. We want to bring you the, uh, the insights, the strategies employed by winning law firms who have figured out how to successfully run their firms as a thriving business, leveraging all of those amazing tools that are available today. And there is a ton of tools out there it can get overwhelming. So we'll zero you in on the ones that can be most effective uh, in running your firm and becoming a winning law firm. So we do these short 15 minute podcasts that allow you to get in, get out and come away with uh, at least one actionable item you can implement at your firm. So what we do is we'll dive into every area of law, just kind of the parameter, the foundation here. We're talking about everything outside of actually practicing law. Um, we're not going to, that's not what this podcast is about. It's that all that stuff, you know, that you didn't, they didn't teach you at law school about, oh yeah, a law firm is actually a business too. And you need to run it like a business. So things like, you know, how to better capture and nurture your leads uh, who will become new clients eventually to ensuring you get paid in full for every invoice that you ever sent out. Uh, we have those nuggets of gold um, to be a winning law firm. So today, our topic is a bit of a seasonal one. Um, we're going to discuss how to best manage those summer associates and new hires at your firm. Yeah, you were probably those who are listening were most likely a summer associate yourself. I don't know, Joyce, if you want to, you know, you know, spin any yarns about days as a summer associate yourself. Um, but we want to get into that question of like, are you managing them correctly? And um, what having summer associates and bringing in new hires can maybe inadvertently tell you about your law firm. Um, so Joyce, let's first kind of level the playing field here. Um, typical setup for a firm um, in the way they handle summer associates and, and, and new hires and, and the work that gets assigned to them. Yeah, great question, Scott. So first and foremost, I want to be respectful of everyone here and I don't want you know angry Twitter coming at me. Uh, no law firm is exactly the same as any other. And if you are in a big firm, let's say you're uh, at Parker Poe, in Raleigh and you uh, have clients around the country and around the globe, as a summer associate, you really and truly might be taking uh, uh, trips across the country to actually interview clients. You might have an amazing opportunity to do that, or you might've done that as a summer associate or as a brand new hire to those firms. If you mm -hmm. happen to be at the Joe Smith law firm, 
right down the street um, in Selma, North Carolina. And it's a very small firm. What you will do and what you will experience is extremely different. Um, but what is crucial that every single firm needs to do, big or small, well-funded or not, is you need to make sure that your program for new hires, summer associates or just new associates period, uh, is grounded in the practical realities of the fact uh, that these folks don't know anything. They don't know anything. They don't know how to practice law. They don't know how to run a business. They need management. They need structure. Uh, and they, they honestly, they just need some kindness, right? So um, we all. you come in. <laughs> yeah, we could all use that, right, Scott? We could all use that. I know it's tough. It's tough out there. Um, that, that's what I see uh, most of all. So generally, you know, you're assigning some pretty low level assignments. Uh, you might have someone in a small law firm start working on intake in a larger firm someone might actually do the first draft of a pleading, um, or they might be working on citations for, uh, you know, a larger uh, case that a partner might be managing, right? So there, there are lots of things get, that can be uh, assigned to people in, in this level, Scott, but it's, honestly, it's terrifying, no matter where you start as a new attorney. It's interesting, you know, I, I wasn't, until we were talking before, you know, we recorded this about the kind of the whole phenomenon. I, again, I'm not a lawyer. I've never been to law school. Don't know how law firms, you know, kind of intake new hires and so on. But, you know, the idea that is, being a summer associate is sounds like it's kind of a rites of passage, isn't it? I mean, to, you know, like every lawyer under the sun who's working at a law firm currently has probably mm -hmm. gone through this process, right? Yeah, I mean, you absolutely do. And folks go through it in their uh, 2L year or their 3L year where they're working under the 3L rule um, that whatever state bar association uh, they're with has approved. Um, but honestly, it's, it's something that happens every single time someone goes into a new law firm. You have some idea of what the law is, some idea, but how it's actually practiced on a day-to-day -day basis and the processes by which clients are serviced is different in just about every single law firm. And Scott, this is something that you and I see all the time when people come to us and they come to us and they ask, what do I need in my law firm? What type of technology do I need? Right. Um, it's a hodgepodge what's out there right now and how to effectively manage your caseload, communicate with your clients, manage your people. There are a million and one ways to do it. Um, and so there's, there's no one clear answer here, um, but it does beg the question, is there, generally speaking, a right way to get it done? Um, and I, I personally think that there is. My, <laughs> my limited experience being just one human being, I personally do think that there's a right way to do it. Well, because, you know, that's sort of where my head goes is, the, let's talk about, you know, the first step of like, okay, you have a new hire, you have a new summer associate starting in June or whenever, onboarding them and um, teaching them about the, this is how we do things. Because you said, to your point, there's a million and one ways, you know, I, I've always laughingly said, you know, every law firm is like a snowflake. They're all unique and different in their own so way. True. Yeah. Um, so you have to train, obviously, your new people, your your interns, new hires, summer associates to, you know, this is how we do things here. So in many ways, in getting back to like how to run your firm better as a business, that can expose flaws in the process. Like if it takes a summer associate, first of all, you want to get them up to speed as fast as possible, right? Yeah. You want to actually be doing work. So if you have to spend like the first 10 days just giving them the secret decoder ring of like how you do something or manage the work. Yeah. That can like it's time to take a step back and be like, wait a minute. 
do I have a flawed process here? So um, yeah, let's talk about how this is almost like a litmus test for mm-hmm. if you're doing things right or wrong, technology-wise or otherwise, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. So um, thinking about onboarding, right? So when you and I are hired uh, anywhere, Scott, we've been through this. We've been through this several times with multiple organizations. You've got your onboarding with your direct manager. You might have onboarding with somebody that does an ops type of role. You'll have an onboarding with HR, right? The ops part and the HR part sometimes falls to the same person in a smaller firm. But I think what we need to focus on here is what you as a direct manager would be responsible for, right? Um, I think the most crucial thing that you can provide to your firm is a knowledge base. And this does not mean you have to go out and buy a huge LMS system. It does not mean that at all. But when you bring someone in, they're interviewing you as much as you're interviewing them. They need to understand that you know what you're doing and putting your individual or collective knowledge somewhere is a great way to make sure that you're going to hire the right people, that they're going to get up and running the right way, and you're going to minimize mistakes. So then next question how the heck do I create a knowledge base without investing in like a $10,000 system? Right. Um, and this is, this is key that most people just don't realize uh, can happen, right? Your knowledge base can be as simple as here's a set of workflows for a variety of situations. When this type of matter comes in, this is how you handle it. When you have someone who calls in or walks in off the street and you need to do some on the spot intake, this is the workflow that you use to get that done. When you need to create a document, here's a template library that you use to get that done. You know it's the right template because you're going through the right workflow. And all of that can be created within the practice management system that you're using in your law firm right now. And I think that also it's important to understand that there's a lot of buzzword type, you could call it a knowledge base, you could call these SOPs, standard operating procedures. You could even call it an FAQs. Um, Mm -hmm. You you could call it, um, some people say, we're going to put it in our wiki. Um, There's, there's, I think, but all of those sort of describe the same thing that, that you're explaining. The idea that like being able to hand something to somebody and say like, here's how we're going to execute on this. And it's, I always, I flip flop whether I like this term or not. They, they hit by the bus theory, right? Like yes. if, if the onboarding person who trained, if they got hit by a bus tomorrow and couldn't be at work, mm-hmm. could somebody hand a piece of paper or a digital piece of paper, something they could access and they could still get their work done. And that to me is a big litmus test mm-hmm. of under, of is your process well-documented yep. in whatever fashion you want to call it. And th- is it easily accessible and understandable? Like have that person, you know, who is completely like, they don't know anything about your system till they walk in the door, like hand them, like go do something You following these steps. And they'll quickly expose like this step 3.A is like, that's like all Greek to me. Like, I don't know, yeah. uh, you know, many like, oh yeah. yeah, we need like, you really do have to have like insider company knowledge before you could do that thing. We didn't write that well. So that mm-hmm. really I think helps to our point of using this process to make sure that everyone is clear on what the, you know, how you run your firm, those workflows and, and things like that. Um, I, when I used to be with one of the profit solves companies called TimeSolve, um, I would do work on helping firms create time tracking policies. Mm-hmm. And I started and said, you know, that policy, and that's another, we didn't use the term policy. We could call this a policy, whatever you want to call it. Um, even if it's as simple as writing it on the back of a napkin or or just like something that is on a one piece word document. Maybe it's only three rules that you have. At least it's documented. It's there. It's yeah. there. You it's know, there. and it's there. you don't have, I think, I think so many 
companies and businesses, and we've all, you know, you and I know have worked for those that are, that are like this. Um, the idea of creating something like we just described becomes overwhelming. Like to your, you know, yes. like to your point, do I need to spend 10K to do this or a fancy yeah. system? It's like, just start simple, get something yeah. down on paper that people can at least react to. Exactly. And it can be as simple as a word or Google doc or, or, and go from there and be in a place that everyone can access any time of day from anywhere. And then you at least, I think have, um, you can check that box of like, we have our processes down. Um, so yeah, I think it's interesting how you can use those summer associates to kind of put a finger on your, on your firm. It's true. It's true. So I'm going to, before we got to talk about the next thing, I want to just uh, expose my vulnerability here. So in my last role, my previous role within the Profit Solve organization, we had this um, uh, documentation of how to do everything in, in our department. And it was a 35 page document. It was just like single space, 35 pages. And it was impossible to keep up with as we would add a new something in the tech stack, as we would add, um, or we'd change something or a role or um, anything happened, it was impossible to keep up with it. And so it very quickly became a dead document and you'd have to go back and spend hours and hours revising it. So uh, folks out there listening in podcast land, um, I don't want you to think that you have to create an entire booklet of, of something that, you know, goes in a three ring binder. You don't, you really don't. What you do need to have is a way to get your work done and a way to quickly say, I need to offload this to somebody else, whether somebody gets sick, whether you've got multiple people out on maternity leave at the same time, which is what happened in our department, <laughs> or somebody does get hit by a bus. Um, something that's easily accessible and easy to update, which is why I cannot recommend having this within your practice management system highly enough. That is where it needs to be. So it can be a living, breathing, moving, uh, actionable list. And as your firm changes, you change too. Um, Scott and I would be happy to talk to you about anything you want with practice management software solutions. All day right. long, we'll do that. As long as you have one, folks. <laughs> as long as you yeah. have one. That's a podcast for another day, probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I what you mentioned there about the the density of the the SOP, the wiki, the whatever you want to call it is um, that's where this becomes sort of art as much as, um, yeah. you know, science in because it has to become something you can you and like not get too so caught up and it's so detailed. It's like and the next step is, con, you know, is hit control F5, you know, those sort of things like that. Right bog you down and make you almost like, do I even have to put any thought into this? Am I a robot? So it is kind of, I think, threading that needle between something that can be a usable, livable, like I said, breathable working document versus yeah. something that is almost like just dumping a Bible on you and say, go read this and, and follow every rule. Otherwise you won't be successful here. So you have to, um, yeah, I, it, that's, I've lived that a little bit. So, because then it just collects dust and nobody really follows it. Nobody follows it. Okay. Well, that leads us to another question. And I think your experience here will be relatable to everyone, regardless of their, um, you know, personal situation right now, their professional situation. Uh, you've had a lot of experience in managing folks, Scott, a lot of experience doing that. When you bring someone new on, what are the biggest challenges for you? You know, to me, the biggest challenges are you can, it's so easy to overload them with information right out of the gate. Um, and you have to be cognizant of, they can only handle so much at once. Um, and it, I kind of pivot back to even like when you on, when, when you learn a new, you decide to buy a new piece of software and, you know, most 
if you're getting, you know, kind of heavy duty software, there's onboarding process, right? Yeah. And that includes walking through how every kind of, sometimes it's every nook and cranny of the software, which is great and interesting and fine because you can really see, you know, everything that it can do. But then like maybe 50% of that stuff, you're not going to use necessarily right away. And by the time you finally get to wanting to use that feature six weeks later, you've forgotten how to use it, right? right. Um, so that's where, again, if we want to come full circle, that's what good knowledge bases are for, right? And and using that then to as an accessible thing. So to your point and question of, you know, what are the challenges of onboarding, you know, new hires and, and you know, when you manage them, it's don't try to overload them with too much information have good documentation that they can reference back later. And then um, when you start to feed assignments to them, you can relate, okay, so this assignment, you may not remember this because this was like, we talked about this last week, but this assignment that I'm giving you is related, you know, we do have documentation how to like the workflow to execute on that and it's over here. Uh, let me know if you have any questions, those sort of things. So, yeah, um, you know, that, it's a good question though, for sure. Yeah. Um, well, it's so similar. It's so similar for your lawyers who are hiring, um, new attorneys, whether they're fresh out of law school or they're practicing under the 3L rule, um, you have to be able to give them room to run, right? Yeah. And, but you have to make sure that their shoes are tied. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's guardrails, right? Yeah, yeah, have the guardrails up, have the guardrails up. So m most of the, the time when you've got a, a new hire, a new associate, you got to track a couple things, right? You need to track how much time they're spending on their stuff. You need to track the assignments that you're giving them. You need to be able to go back and check the quality of their work product. And you need to check to see if they are getting better or worse, right? So what's their productivity metrics? How much are they actually billing? Because right. whether they're an associate, a 3L, where no matter where they are in training, the whole goal of hiring someone is to help grow your business, right? That, so, yeah. Sorry, I was going to interrupt. No, go like, ahead. All those things you just mentioned, um, again, can be that litmus test to how mm -hmm is it to put your fingers on that data um you know and if you if it, if you if it spends you it takes you three hours to figure out like here's all the assignments i gave them here's their billable hours if you don't have that stuff at your fingertips you need to sort of ask yourself why don't i why sh i yeah. should you know yeah and again expose the flaws that you may have with your current systems if you don't have you know legal practice management if you don't have yeah. those type tools that are, should be, as we know, not every LPM is created equal, right? I mean, sure. there, there's all sorts of different flavors out there and, and scalability and otherwise. So um, again, I think it gets back to our original larger point of this is a way to sneakily assess the health of how your firm is being run. If you can't onboard person, yeah. well, if you can't access the data when you're assessing them. Let, let's, I want to pivot here uh, in, yeah. in the next few minutes. Um, legal, and again, I want to be delicate here so I don't get spammed with Twitter, but um, <laughs> or generally speaking, the legal industry to me are a bit of technology laggards. Um, How dare you? Yeah. Um, it's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so to that point though, what are the challenges as a partner who may be of a certain age, um, mm -hmm. working with associates of a certain age who probably, and I say probably, but almost guaranteed are more technically savvy Mm -hmm. than you are. Um, so they walk in first day already kind of thinking that they're going to be using every tool under the sun, you know, in the cloud. Like, what is this 
What do you mean? You want me to use a copy machine? Now, can you describe this copy machine? What, to make what, copies? what is a fax? Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. 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 No. Okay. So here's what I discovered. Here's what I've discovered over um, the past, gosh, decade, a little more than that, working specifically with young lawyers and getting them up and running in their businesses, right? Um, young lawyers actually come in burdened with the assumption that they will have to uh, be the technology experts in their first spot. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. these these partners come in and say, you know, hey there, Cal, you're a new brand new hire. Uh, you're you're a Gen Zer, right? You understand the TikToks. Uh, can you can you create a social media presence for us? And oh, by the way, we want to use that to for our intake and our marketing. And oh, by the way, we want that to connect with all of our practice management systems. And oh, by the way, we want to be able to bill people directly uh, via SMS text messages, right? So by default, they become the IT person. Right? They do. They do. You know, you you start talking to these firms that are like in the neighborhood of 10 uh, attorneys and smaller, when they hire that young attorney, they say, okay, that person knows what's hip and cool right now. What do we need to be doing? Mm -hmm. And I want to go back to something that you said at the very beginning of today's episode, which is lawyers are not taught how to run businesses in law school, right? And they're not taught technology either. They know how to use legal research programs. They know how to put together a brief. They've probably done a mock trial or two. They've probably done something with one of the clinics in their law school, but they have absolutely no idea what technology they need to be put in play, uh, be putting into place for a law firm to be profitable. So those folks might be much more agile and able to learn a new system quickly, but man, they don't know anything more than those partners. And it, it's, it's tragic when a partner will put that on a young attorney because then that attorney's entire career at that firm is based on whether or not that's a successful investment. And uh, it's a very, very high pressure situation for a young person, uh, especially when they don't know how to do the job in the first place. That is a really interesting point. I never had thought of it in that perspective um, that, 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 that burn that's put on. So that's, that's cool to hear. Um, you know, and I think that's probably... A good place for us to actually wrap up. We we promised we wanted to keep these podcasts relatively short. Uh, we could I know the two of us could gab on forever about this, um, <laughs> but but I think it's a good place to 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 stop. And again, that actionable item, you know, kind of the golden nugget here for today would be stepping back, looking at do you have an easy way for your new summer associates and your new hires to access the process information about how the firm runs, a knowledge base, a wiki, an SOP, call it what you want. If you don't, you, you need to work on that. And to that point, if you do, have you visited it recently um, and does it need to be updated? Is it a document that is livable, breathable, and that, um, you know, is relevant to today's work and not something that you may have put together three years ago? Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, as always, Joyce, thank you for your insights, your expertise. Um, and I want to thank uh, our listeners. Uh, we appreciate your comments and feedback that help make this a winning podcast for your winning law firm. So everybody have a great day. Um, have a great week. And uh, we hope to catch up next time on uh, the game plan. A, um, uh, I'm almost forgetting the name of our podcast right now. The game plan of playbook for a winning <laughs> law firm. So thanks, everybody. Have a great afternoon.